Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, and this is easily the most exciting show that I have done at least since February. Cheers. <laughs> Do you want to Cheers. know why? It's because right now I'm sitting um, on a patio in front of a tap room for the first time in months, and that, that makes me feel really good. I need to take a drink of my beer, though, before I keep talking. Hang on. We're at Municipal. Uh, we are... Are we on the patio? No, we are Dora-ing it, technically. Technically, we are Dora. We are off the patio. We are under a big elm tree and right next to the Great Miami River. There are... God love Dora. There are dogs. There are people. There is sunshine. There's a nice breeze. This is like the perfect situation to sit down and drink craft beer. Like this much. is this is it. This is the, the the crap that for the last how many months I've been holed up in the basement, sitting at my bar by myself, quietly sobbing. If you want to be honest, because I'm stuck in the house with multiple kids and a wife that <laughs> is very upset with how much money I've been spending on beer. Now that I can get it delivered to my house, and it's life has been weird, you guys. <laughs> let's um, before we get too far down the rabbit hole. Let's run around the table. Everybody introduce yourselves, get as close to the mic as possible, um, because there's a bunch of people, and uh, this is probably going to be a little bit confusing if you're listening, trying to figure out who's who. We're sorry on this idea. Okay. Uh, Jim Goodman, one of the owners, co-founders of Municipal Brew Works. Uh, Sean Willingham, owners, co-founders, head brewer of Municipal Brew Works. Anne-Marie Silly, owner of the Casual Pint Hamilton. Dan Hancock, sexy member of the Casual Pint Hamilton. <laughs> Matt Cutter, uh, treasurer of the Butler County Brewing Society, based out of Municipal Brew Works. Fantastic. This is a, uh, a multifaceted show here. We've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, we're going to dive in first to uh, some bigger picture stuff, and then we'll kind of get focused, and we'll, we'll grill you guys about Municipal and what's been going on and how, um, how all this has worked and how you've survived through uh, this. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about how Hamilton has evolved because I'm, I live in Fairfield. Um, Sorry, I remember I remember a Hamilton that is very different than the Hamilton of today, and a lot of that. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, but to me, the biggest reasons are because of places like Municipal and like Casual Pint and these these places that were willing to. Um, I don't know that it was. I don't know that saying it was risky to open in Hamilton is the right way to put it. But to me, it was risky to open in Hamilton. This was there was nothing happening here, and now you look, and this exists because of people like you guys. Um, casual pint. Um, how did that decision happen to open in Hamilton? Well, technically, Municipal took the risk. Municipal took the risk, right. and then we just followed suit. I mean, they came in, and they energized the neighborhood, and we realized there's a whole lot of craft beer fans out here. And, you know, Municipal they, re, re, sorry, reinvigorated Hamilton, brought the passion for craft beer in, and all their beers were awesome. And then we're like, you know what? We're going to just kind of slide in a little bit and offer something a little bit different. You know, you can come here and to, 
their beers are amazing. And but you know, we just wanted to do something a little bit different. But they were the invigorators. They they were the invented in, 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 inventors. They were they were. I can't talk right now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they 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 were the guys that said, "Hey, we're going to bring craft beer back to Hamilton," and they took a big chance. And if they had not done that, we would not have done what we did. Because literally, this was a huge leap for Municipal, and it really was. Sure. And we followed suit. What do you guys do differently than what a place like Municipal does? Um, our variety. I mean, I, I don't know how else to, to say it. To be able to to get um, upwards of 25 different local beers, local Cincinnati beers, um, you know, is I, I feel like, and, and I, forgive me that I'm going to go back to my P&G days, right? There's depth and breadth, right? Municipal does the depth. Municipal is going to give you the, the expertise and the amazing... Um, the amazing experience within a single brand but what we're going to bring to you is the breadth the the great stuff from a wide variety of brands um, particularly the brands that that Cincinnati that are really built um, the framework of Cincinnati so the hope is that people want both the hope is that people that people want to you know experiment with a lot of flavors within a single brand and then um, you know a lot of a lot of different stuff across a couple of a lot of different brands so that's this nice pathway that it's, we've built it's fun to have the opportunity to like if if i'm sitting here at municipal and i'm drinking wise guys hefeweizen which i am to know that you might be able to walk down the street and try something else that maybe inspired a beer like that, yeah. or maybe, you know, to, to, to kind of tie it together to some kind of a bigger picture, or maybe try another one from another brewery here in Cincinnati, or something like that, you know, just expand kind of that, that picture of um, your craft beer experience. It's really easy as a craft beer fan, especially, you know, say you live here in Hamilton, probably not going to a lot of different tap rooms other than the one that's right down the street from you, <laughs> you know so to to have have that chance to try some other things i you know i think it's exciting i think it's fun um you guys have food uh something that is uh sometimes much appreciated when you're out dora sure. and uh looking for 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 kind of that afternoon and that experience which is something that i i think is really great about downtown Hamilton, you can come over here, grab a pint, drink it, grab a pint, walk with that one down the street, grab a pint. I mean, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, it all it's, ties a, together at so the end of the well. day, it's about delight, right? It's about, it's about providing not just things that people, that people want, but that things that people are really going really to fall in love with. And to be able to have the variety and the food, and not just the beer, but you're right, the food that we've got, to have high-end food down the street at Tano's, to have the expertise in, in flavor. And at, at the end of the day, it's about delight and experience. And I think, I honestly believe that we have some, I don't want to use an overused word here, but we've got some pretty amazing magic in this in this little space here sure. that um, probably contributed to us still being here, all of us still being here almost 12 weeks later um, after, after the shutdown, um, but also having a little bit of fun while we've been doing it, right? There's... 
there there's an enjoyment amongst the people who have been providing it. Sure. So. Also, it's nice when a when a tap blows in an emergency. I have an amazing brewery that can just run up <laughs> 500 yards away and grab a beer and be like, "I need this. Charge me later. Let's put it on tap right now because we have 35 taps, but Municipal always kills it. Always kills it. Part of our breadth includes the best of what Municipal does." And it will always include the best of what Municipal does, partly because that's what our customers demand, but partly because it's just, its I'm sorry, it's just damn fun, right? It really yeah. is just damn fun to the conversations the that we have and to run across the street. And, um, you know, honestly, that first week, that first week of the shutdown was horrendous. But to be able to walk across the street and say, hey, hey, how are you guys doing? What do you need? What do we need? I, we got through this because of the relationships that we had with each other and with the customers and, um, you know, damned anybody who says any different to that. It is, there, there is a little bit of magic in this little square that we've got going on here. Did, did you guys, speaking of municipal, did you guys anticipate kind of that community aspect when you heard that they might be moving in around the corner there? So, or absolutely. Here's the thing. When we started, so sorry. Um, so this is Jim and Sean, <laughs> our head brewer. So we met in March of 2014. Walked through the municipal building. Nothing worked inside it, but it had tall ceilings. It had floor drainage and a giant patio. And said, you know what? I think we can do something with this. And it was like a first date. And we kind of quizzed each other on what we thought we could do with this place and started it. And River's Edge Amphitheater was open and the, the old Hamiltonian Hotel that was shut down reopened as a Marriott. And we said, you know what, this is good. We've got a concert venue. We've got a hotel with, with bringing people in. I think we've got something going. But we're going to need more. It can't just be in one entity bringing people in. So when we start hearing about things like N2 and Fretboard and Tano and our folks here at Casual Pint coming in, that's what we need. It's, the, you know, that, that we say it all the time, the rising tide lifts all the boats. Well, we need more boats. We need more boats to be a destination. There are too many years. I live in Hamilton. I've been here since 95. For too many damn years, I would drive right down High Street, bypass everything in Hamilton, and go out to Westchester, and I would, and and then and then you had Liberty Town Center with all that stuff. We, one entity alone cannot; they can be successful, but it's just a single entity. Right. When you can add all the entities in, and everyone is being successful, and you've now created a destination. You've now created a destination for people from Cincinnati, from, from Dayton, from Oxford, from Trenton, from Fairfax. They, they can come to one spot, which has never happened, at least in my lifetime in Hamilton since 1995. Um, you, you've never had an opportunity to park your car in one spot, walk with a beer in your hand because of Dora. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Dora stands for Designated Outdoor Refreshment Area, and we have the largest acreage of Dora land in the entire state of Ohio. So you could buy a beer from Casual Pump, from Municipal, from any place that sells beer in the Dora district, 
and walk to Markham Park, walk across the bridge and see Fredford. You can do anything. And, but that doesn't happen unless they're there. Right. So when you can get everybody I mean, to buy at one in, time it happened in Hamilton a little bit, but it was brown paper bags. It was brown paper so, bags. Yeah, it was a little different. It was also during this time called, Pro, during this time called Prohibition. And, you know, John Dillinger from Lindenwald was literally no. in this neighborhood. So, I'm going to jump in here real quick, though, and say you guys were the innovator, though. And when you guys had your success... It's when people like us came in and followed suit and followed your path. So for that, thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... You took the risk. It's It was a risk, but honestly, you know, we figured it it's out. It was a plan like, risk. It was a plan Very plan risk. risk. Right. I mean, yeah. It, but I, uh, breweries, honestly... Breweries can go into some horrible, horrible places and still be successful. Like it's it, True. Brewer, well, there's but, something about a brewery that creates this hub for people to... To, to gather and it creates something around it and it's that's true but you also have the ability to distribute as a brewer yeah. right so if you set up a place that is an amazing tap room but you're in an area where nobody shows up people just are not inspired to come see you um, you're gonna hurt but you can still live and you live by getting your beers and it's got to be a good product but getting your beers out to bars and restaurants. And you can you can pay the light bill. You can keep it going. Um, but when you can actually have a tap room that draws people in, and then you have other entities around you. Like you're, you're creating the sense of community at that point in time. Right. Exactly. When exactly. you guys, before you opened and you, you, you were looking here, and the decision was made that this is it, this is our spot, did you think that 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 community was going to happen around this? Or that was did, the whole goal. Did, that was 100% my goal, is to sit and create a sense of community and have people drink my beer, our beer, and solve the world's problems in front of me and have, and then just like expand on that. That was the whole goal, is to, to do a sense of community here. Yeah, no, seriously, when you, when you roll back to March of 2014 when we had our first date, um, Did you know I was going to have a love with Pearl Jam that's playing right now? Yeah, Pearl Jam's playing right now, and, and now you get to hear A-E-I-O-U. Yeah. Um, I love the vowels. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, back in 2014, you know, that was our I think first that was date. I think that was the month that we started the brewcast, too, for, for the so, record, I think. Really? I think. March of 2014? 2014. Oh, uh, yeah. Does that sound right? Could be. Could be. God, you're getting It was old. definitely March, but I don't know if it was 2014 or... Yeah, I think it was well, if it's 2014, oh, no. that's that's uh, serendipitous because I'm telling you, it was it was. But honestly, that first date, it was like, what do you see? And look, I was a you know at that time 18, 19 year home brewer, and, but I knew how to make a freaking batch of 300 gallons. And, but he had worked for for cellar dweller for for a time, and Steve and Steve was great to him and showed him all the things that, that needed to be done and and kind of inspired him to, to have this drive, to have his own place. Well, you know what? I want to have my own place too. But I didn't know how to, I didn't have the technical expertise to do the massive batches. Um, but I kind of know what people want and I, and I know people from around here. So <laughs> the fact that we got together and we did this, did we know people were going to show up? Hell no. But we just celebrated our four, fourth year uh, anniversary two days ago. And one of the watershed moments of my life was our opening day. 
uh, we had a line that the police had to come and shut down the street because the line went to the Marriott parking lot through our patio across the street. Uh, we only had four beers. And we never, and it was 45 minutes to get a beer, and we never heard one complaint. We had hundreds of people shake our hand and say, thank you for opening this and bringing this to Hamilton. And we may have been one of the first people to stick our flags in the ground, but we weren't short-sighted enough to think that we were going to be able to do this alone. When Sean and I talked about this, one of the things we talked about was, you know, the three goals. Make great beer, establish strong community roots, and educate people on beer. So one of the other things we did was, of course, we added a homebrew club. It was one of the first things, because the other homebrew clubs that I go to, that I tried to go to, always had scheduling issues. I couldn't make it. So I'm like, you know what? We have to educate folks about craft beer. We want to encourage craft beer. We want to establish strong community groups. We want to have folks like Casual Pint come in because we know that this rising tide lifts all the boats. What makes something like a homebrew club successful? Like, how do you how do you create a? <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> I might just leave it in just for shits and giggles. <laughs> what now? I might just leave that in just for shits sure. and giggles. <laughs> What what makes a homebrew club successful? I mean, there are, there are, there are several homebrew clubs around. Some of them have been around forever. Some of them started and then failed for multiple reasons. How do you create something like that? I think well, the one thing you need to have is good. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if sponsorship's the right word, but uh, you know, about six months after Municipal came on online is when we started it was like december of i guess 2016 i think that's about right so we're like in our fourth year now but uh what you need is some good backing you need a good place to go you need people that care about uh your club and what you're doing and is supportive they're supportive with things you want to do our goals were our goals are, are still um we want to we all want to learn to make beer better good beer we like to have a good time together. We have a great group of folks. We really do. That's the. I think that's our strongest point. Our president, our current president, his name's Chuck Beardsley. He visited the yeah, other clubs. Beardsley, B E A R D S L E E. Hopefully, I didn't screw that up, Chuck. I think I got it right. Um, he he's our he's our uh, president for the last six months or so, and he he visited the other clubs in the area and this is no slight on the other clubs but he came in and, and sat in one of our meetings and he said this is he decided this is the club he wanted to be involved with I think um, I think all the clubs in the area from what I understand I haven't visited them all but I know they all have their strengths and some of the ones that have been around for a while very strong very big presence at uh, contests you know different different uh, uh, contests both nationally and, and statewide and probably I don't know about international if they're even if that's a thing, but um, you know a lot of these a lot of these clubs are, will go to like you know Great American Beer Festival and things like that and really um, present their stuff. Or maybe maybe that's not the right fest. Great American is that professional or is that homebrew too? Great, Whatever. Great American is the uh, professional site. Yeah, the other one, the, the homebrew version. Homebrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, yeah, our collapse. But uh, we, we being relatively young, we're trying to get our feet on the uh, on the ground and, and and expand our club. We have a right now we have a pretty solid roster of, I would say, thirty active members. That fluctuates a little bit, but we're always looking to improve on that. 
We go ahead. Do you do all your meetings here? We I do mean, our meetings well, here. Well, the normally, last couple of months in, we've in actually a, done them the, virtually. The normal, you know, yeah, the before times. Uh, this this <laughs> Sunday will be our first meeting since I think March. Um, we meet here the first Sunday of the month at seven. Second. I'm sorry, you're right. Second sorry, Jim. Sunday. The second Sunday <laughs> of the month. That changes though sometimes based on like Super Bowl Sunday or Easter. Just like this show year. up every Sunday. Yeah, just show up every uh, Sunday and drink some beer. <laughs> um, second Sunday of the month, seven o'clock in the evening, and. Um, what we do is we usually start off with a, a little bit of business, talk about what we're doing. We have an educational component, and then we just have a social component where we sit around and drink each other's beers. Uh, we also have guys, or I should say guys, people. We do have some women in the, in the club. Uh, we have people that do wine, cider, meads, melamils, all Any sorts of stuff. people making sake. Because I'm no sake de- desperate for somebody <laughs> to open up a sake brewery in Cincinnati. That's so an anybody that's listening, idea. I need some sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't had any sake yet, but we have. We that's got, what should have made instead of seltzer. We do run the gamut. <laughs> <laughs> can't, you, like, can't you make really effervescent sake? <laughs> we uh, we recently formed um, three groups. We're buying. We're going to get some barrels and we're going to do some barrel aged stuff. Probably two or three batches each barrel. And I, I know one's going to be like a bourbon barrel. One's going to be like a stout or something. The other one's, uh, I think one is going to be something along the lines of more of a uh, tequila or wine barrel. Just something different. Then I think we're talking for a third barrel, maybe something like in the sour range. Um, again, uh, <laughs> it's somebody shaking their head over here. I won't name names. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we do contests. We have um, we have a, we had a contest recently. Uh, at the beginning of the year, where the winner we had a, we had the uh, brewer from the Sam Adams Tap Room come in, and um, we had a corresponding contest with that. He came in to talk about a topic, but we had a corresponding contest to go with that. And the winner of that, their beer is going to be brewed at the right. Tap Room uh, probably later this year. The, the, the virus has pushed right, everything right, back. Right, right. Uh, we we're going to have involvement with the Hamilton County Fair. We were. Um, we're talking about doing the, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, Jim, but the Pinewood Derby that they were doing, we were going to take that over. We are do we do Big Brew Day, which is an annual event. We usually do two of those a year. We'll, we'll, we'll brew out here on the patio in the morning before yeah, the so burrios. Yeah, so what I do for the Big Brew Day is what we do is make a big wart, and then we, so I do all the hard manual labor, and all they have to do is boil I like, it. yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, all they all they have to do you, is boil it and, and you, add their own hops and yeah. Usually it. what we well, what we've done before with that is is we'll pretend we'll pretend he did the hard labor there. We'll, um, we'll make a big batch of wort and then he'll usually either bitter, bitter it slightly or or whatever. But then we'll take it and all use different yeast. Or we'll all use different hops, and then we'll do like a comparison a month or two later at the meeting and say, "This is what the hops I that used." That was here. a very yeah. cool experiment. It is. It is I, a I great was there experiment. For that meeting, yeah, yeah. it was. So, everybody started with the same wort, and I'm telling you, there was, there was probably 18 brewers that showed up, uh, picked up five, 10, 20 gallons of wort, took it home, or or, or stayed on here. our patio, yeah. brewed it. Uh, added whatever hops that they signed up for or whatever yeast they signed up for, depending on the year. And then they come back a month later and everybody gets to taste this beer that is completely different. This is one of my, so I know, bear with me for one second. I know Sierra Nevada and New Belgium are fantastic and all the small breweries in Asheville are really great. 
But my favorite part of Asheville is White Labs. And you go in, right. and you can go in there, and you can sit at that bar. Yes. And, uh, or sit socially distanced at tables that are probably spread out in the parking. Whatever that exists right now. But, And they'll have a beer that is the same beer that's then fermented with, you know, five or six different kinds of yeast that you can try. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally that. And so and maybe it's really geeky and maybe most no, people no, don't no, care no, about no, it. But if, you go to, if you go to San Diego and you go to White Labs yeast, they do the exact same thing. Right. In the, in well, the, my wife won't let me leave that far. That's <laughs> way too far. <laughs> but that, was, that was an eye-opening thing for me. I went there in 2012 for a wedding and my buddy that got married he's like hey let's go to white labs i'm like all right and we went there and like i got the ipa but they had like ipa yeah. five different yeasts and you, you do a flight of those and you're like oh my god yeah. you never realize well there was the difference. Um, when i was there there was some kind of a stout or a porter or something like that and um it was fermented with different kinds of yeast and the one the, the color was just was so different than the other one and yeah. I, I it didn't even occur to me that like you know the the, the flocculation or whatever the hell they used you know it, like I, didn't that even occur so to me. Sexy. Didn't even occur to me that that can, <laughs> like, how much that can affect. You know, like like you know, that, you know, you got a hazy IPA or whatever. There's something floating around in there. But you just said flocculation. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot. No, uh, no. I, so I was out in, in the one in San Diego because it's you know, literally fancy pants out in San Diego. It, it's right around. <laughs> my wife had a thing out there, so of course I traveled because San Diego's got some sure. fantastic oh, yeah. breweries. Oh, yeah. um, so I go out there and. Uh, we decided let's go to White Labs because Green Flash was literally right around the corner. I mean, it's it's not far. So we go there, and and she's a scientist, and she's got. I think her, that's the only place you can get Green Flash now, right? I think so, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> Kansas City Airport, maybe. I'm not sure. I think they had something sunk like ten million dollars in that. Uh, but anyway, but you know, we went to Green Flash. Green Flash was great. Then we go to, to uh, White Labs, and she's a scientist, so she spent ten years in a lab. So she really wants to see this lab, right? And I really want to have their beer. <laughs> so it really worked out well. So we get there, and the flight was not a flight of your choosing. It was a flight of a style. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I want a flight of rye. So I got four beers that were the same exact wort of rye beer, and they were all be a fun one. they all had different yeasts, and the flavor dynamics of each beer was astounding. Uh, whether it was fruity or whether it was dry, I mean, it was it was it really kind of changed your opinion of yeast. Usually, it's like, oh, what malt, what hops, what right. are we gonna do? The yeast has a tremendous amount to do with it. And, it's a huge difference. And, and the cool thing was when we did the, the big brew day, um, you know, these guys recognize that. So one time we did it with the same wort with, uh, with hops, and the other time we did it with the same wort with yeast. And you could pick whatever the hell hop you wanted. That was fun, too. It, it, I think all of the beers actually brewed at the San Diego White Labs and then shipped to Asheville, too, for the record. I think. I'm not sure, but... Um, we're going to go down too big of a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's a whole show yeah, in itself, talking about the, the geeky side of all of it. That, you know? um, going back to home brewing, um, the club specifically, um, can anybody show up for a meeting? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the plug, the shameless plug. Uh, Butler County Brewing Society, we have a Facebook page. Look us up. I think it's a public page now. I think we... 
originally you had to be uh, approved or whatever, but I, I think you might still have to be approved, but you can look us up. Get on there. Um, second Sunday of the month, 7 o'clock. I'll put a Municipal. link in the show notes, too. Yeah, you appreciate can swipe it. Appreciate or tap it. or whatever. Um, it's 30 notes. bucks a year for dues if you decide to join. You get a little tasting glass. And then we also have discounts at a couple of the homebrew stores, Listerman and... Uh, HBYOB up in Dayton, and I think we were talking to another one. We we have um, usually every year we have some kind of thing like either a gift, part of your part of your uh, membership, or we subsidize something like last year we did T-shirts, and you pay like ten bucks you get a T-shirt, even though the they cost more than that. The club subsidizes that. We have. Um, we were going to go to some of us are going to go to Homebrew Con this year, but that got canceled. Now it's online only. But we were going to do that. Um, what else? What? I'm going to jump in here and just say uh, Casual Pine will give a dollar off all members Ooh. with uh, some sort of... We have a membership card. With a membership card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great great group of folks. We have a good time, and um, uh, I, can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's been a real... Um, you know, I think three months ago or three years ago, we we're like, I was thinking, oh, it'd be good to have a club. Now it's become a real, almost like a little bit of a family. It's a lot of fun. So, so that kind of goes into my next question of what I've struggled with homebrewing. Why homebrew in 2020 when we've got 70, how, depending on how you count oh, breweries? I think. Why do you do it? Like anything, you want to. If there's something you like and you want to try to make it, I don't know. There's just some real pl- there's real pleasure in doing something and drinking. It's like Sean, like Sean. We'll pretend Sean's a great brewer for a second. Uh, well, <laughs> no, Sean, I, no, this is this is my. I love Sean. No, so um, you you drink something, and go, wow, this is really good. But then you make it yourself, and there's a real pleasure. It's like making a great meal, you know. And your friends are there, and your family's there, and you're like, wow, this is really great. There's there's just immense pride and pleasure you get from that and uh to learn how to do anything better i think if you're going to do anything and you enjoy it it pays to learn how to do it better anything you know so it's a great hobby it is a great hobby great stress relief it is a way to be within yourself to to create a this this thing that you can enjoy and you want to share and share yeah that's what you want it's like asking there's someone. There's my problem. I've never brewed anything that I wanted to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's and there's also that great there's that great pleasure you get from like when you have friends over and they're like, man, this is some damn good beer, and you're like, and you're thinking, yeah, I made that. Well, if not Sean, down, if but you go other down that rabbit hole, then you want to start your own brewery. Right? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, and that too. For me, like I'm 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 extremely grateful that like I. I have homebrewed and I know how to homebrew and like if I wanted to go make beer tomorrow I could go make beer tomorrow like in that understanding of the process and everything that goes into it and like it gives me more of a connection to the product but like on any given weekend like I I would much rather go to a brewery I, hell right. I'll watch you brew and drink while you brew but I don't like I just I can't do it better <laughs> there, there's also can't do it better <laughs> there's also something very vulnerable about when you make a beer and you have your friends enjoy it because if it sucks <laughs> man it kills your confidence how do I know that's why I own the casual pint and I don't own a brewery because I brewed beer and guess what it sucked ass <laughs> I think I still have like four bottles of my last homebrewed batch and there it's like if you like uh, green apple deliciousness. It's, it's right there for it's, it's awesome. We we uh, we 
we had like uh, like I said, if if there's something you like doing, it's it's worth it to learn how to do it better. Last month we talked about uh, on virtually, of course, we had talked about barrel aging. Um, this coming Sunday, we're talking about big beers, like trips and tips and tricks to making a big beer. And there, and just looking at the presentation that um, I think it's our secretary who's doing the presentation. His name's Corey. Uh, I looked at. I mean, I learned some stuff just looking at that. I'm really looking forward to hearing it on Sunday, and I'm really looking forward to being here on Sunday because we haven't been able to do it since March. So I'm really that's going to be great. But looks like the weather's going to be good. Yeah, too. Be, yeah. When you say a big beer, are you talking ABV? So we're, we're talking. Or? We're talking like where you got 20 pounds of grain because you're making a Russian Imperial or something like that. And there's wow. there's different things that you got to consider versus making a pilsner or something there's you know every style is different everything's different and beer is such a complicated product but it's great to learn the tips and tricks to making them better that's all i'm gonna tell you it 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 puts a big you know i'm the grinch my heart grows three sizes during when i start talking (laughs) about this because honestly like i wanted to go to homebrew clubs forever here living in hamilton and Voletarians, it was just too damn far away. Right. And there are great brewers there. And that, I mean, that is the really the, the keystone of brewers. And then there's the malt infusers. And the malt infusers make some amazing beers. But the timing that they met just never worked out for me. There was MASH, the Middletown Area Society of Home Brewers. Um, I, I couldn't meet that meeting. And I'm like, you know what? Damn it, we gotta have a we gotta have a home beer club. And, and, and along that, I'm sorry, Jim, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we were talking about because again, because of the, I think the virus kind of, maybe next year we'll do this. We were talking about getting the other clubs in the area and doing kind of a NCAA bracket kind of thing. Get four clubs and go. Okay, we're gonna each of us present our 16 best brews and just go down and get some well, judges. Or a, uh, that kind of thing. Judge, let me we're, know. we're totally in. We're totally open to just teaming up with those there. other clubs. We're not in any kind of competition. <laughs> that would be so. It awesome. would be fun to do. And, I think. And, and the coolest thing about it is, like, you'll see folks in the club that are literally they just started brewing six months ago, and you see guys in there that have brewed for 20 years, and that when you get that bug. And, I, and you know who I'm talking about, Matt. There's, there's two guys that got the bug. One guy got the bug and probably shelled out $2,500 in the last <laughs> year of, you know, putting in this homebrew system that was state-of-the-art with electric and hired the electrician, did all that stuff. It's, he's got a freaking vent above his uh, brew kettle <laughs> in his garage that takes the aroma out. I'm like... This guy is going crazy, and every time he comes in, this is what I love being a part of Municipal Brew Arts, I get to taste it all. (laughs) (laughs) Because all of a sudden now, because I'm part of the brewery, I'm some sort of expert. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm a schmuck. I think it's odd that Jim just so happens to be here every meeting night. It's so weird. You know why? Because... When I come home and I'm a little buzz, and my wife's like, "What happened?" and I'm like, "Homebrew club." She's like, "Say no more." <laughs> uh, but no, the, and, and the thing is, it is fun to. So I'll taste a, a beer from a, a guy, and he'll want my honest input. And and I'm a certified Ciceron, and so I'm, I'm somewhat, you know, I don't want to say I'm schooled, but I've tasted a lot of freaking beers. If you if you check my untapped portfolio, I'm like over six thousand beers right now. Oh, so, fancy pants! Did you get a badge for that? <laughs> I got so many freaking badges that would cover a wall, but I'm never gonna print them off because it's stupid, and it doesn't matter because there's because you can you can have six thousand beers and there's only two types. There's one you like and one you don't. That's all. I mean. But anyway, so I I get to taste these beers and it's fun because I'll I'll taste a beer from a guy and I'll be like, you know what? Hey, this 
beer has a little bit of diacetyl in it, you know, maybe you want to let that yeast clear it out. Maybe, maybe instead of when the fermentation, when the bubbling is done, let it sit a couple extra days, you know, and then all of a sudden he comes in the next month and he's got this beer and you're like, oh, that's fantastic. So it's fun to, 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 to watch these folks get the passion. Right. And because really, let's face it, craft beer, cooking, artistry, they're all forms of art. And the reason why they're art is because it's different than what you do and it's a passion. But beer is just so different. Like I cooking is close, but at the same time, like people don't get excited to sit around and try your latest casserole. Like you don't oh, have do. these you don't have these casserole parties where we sit around and like <laughs> But They were from but, Denver though. So. But, but like there brownies is, from Denver, you gotta watch out for that. Beer is always fun, even if like you've got that home brewing batch. Like I've, I've I've got those you know four or five bottles of that homebrew batch sitting around, and I'll be damned if like there won't be a night where I'm sitting around with a bunch of friends when I'm allowed to sit around with a bunch of friends in the basement. We're drinking and we're laughing. I can crack one of those open, and it's gonna be fun to drink, even though it's oh, yeah. not a great beer. It's fun to drink it still. It's fun. Like there's the the conversation that happens happens around it. Like man, it's just. That doesn't happen with cooking or, or any kind of other art. It's just the, the social nature of beer is just... That is true. My, my wife is a fantastic cook. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a Cicero. So what we'll do is for a local, for Hamilton Junior Women's League, uh, we will offer off a in-home beer and food pairing tasting for up to like 10 people. Um, and I, I'm not sure who has more fun with it because... <laughs> You know, I'm thinking of different beers, and it's not all municipal brewworks beers. I'll pull some of our beers in, but you know, she she does this Wolfgang Puck like double or triple grilled cheese on sourdough with fig jam and honey, and I'll I'll find a you know, and and I I almost always pull uh, New Belgium's triple. Uh, just because I want that sweetness, I want the high alcohol to cut through all the fattiness of the cheese and, and everything. And it's and to educate people on it. And again, municipal it, it comes from municipal brew works because we want to make great beer, establish strong community roots, and educate people on beer. Well, part of the education of people on beer is to offer that to folks. So when we do that, it's fantastic. And part of that is to to have a home brew club and to to support them in whatever they need. And you know, I think I think that's our role, and it fits into what our kind of main prospectus is of municipal brewers. You know, you gotta establish strong community roots, and you you, you gotta educate people on craft beer because when you do that, all of a sudden, folks like Casual Pint can come in, offer thirty some odd taps, and folks around here, let's face it, we've got a Trenton brewery that does a million barrels a year of of, of Miller products. For 20 years, they sponsored every parade, every festival, everything around there. And I, and I honestly, I treasure them because, you know, if there was anything to do in Hamilton, they were the sponsor of it. Right. But as a result of that, you've got a society in the greater Hamilton area that has done nothing but drink Miller and Miller Light for... It tastes great and it's less filling, exactly. I think. Well, and it's triple hopped, <laughs> right? There's no beer out there that's triple hopped. And none of them. What? Uh, and, and I think now it's made with Rocky Mountain water or something exactly. too. <laughs> so and, and it's shipped here by train in giant because well, we have a frozen train. Yeah, exactly. It's a big frozen train that runs through Hamilton because Hamilton doesn't have enough trains going through it. But it, so, it, but because of that, you end up getting you know you you educate people's palates as well. You know when we do well in Butler County. 
Mad Tree sells well in Kroger's in Butler County. Right. You know, uh, Rheingeist sells well in Butler County. And it's one, because they're making great beers, but two, because the people around here are not afraid to try it, even though they've been raised on Miller Lite. How do you, how do you keep that idea, those, those three kind of tenants or whatever they are, how do you keep that in focus in the middle of, like, even, like, great example, the last few months of all hell breaking loose, how do, how do you stay focused on that stuff when there's plenty of other things that you should be thinking about, too? Well, we... I have, to, I have to say that Jim does a, a marvelous job about always com, always communicating and dealing with the community and keeping ties with 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 everybody around here, and he is amazing at doing that. Uh, then my side is trying to keep the quality of the beer, uh, worrying about the beer. Thanks, Cutter. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then education is still what we continue to do with every customer we have. And then the homebrew club—that's uh, still what we try to do. It's still—it has not changed. It has not—it um, hasn't faltered at all. And if I can jump in here, look at the podcast. You have a brewery. You have a person that sells beer. You have a person that brews beer. We are all passionate about the craft, and we all want to see it succeed. And so you got COVID and everything else going on, but we are still staying the course and we're being passionate about it. I will never brew a beer as good as Municipal. I will never be exploratory as a as as these guys over here on the on the craft brew side. I'll sell their best works, but we all work together, and we're going to come through stronger than ever. We all work together, and we're going to be stronger for it. I mean. Like they, like Jim said, uh, uh, raising, what did, rising tide, rising tide raises Thank all you. Ships, yeah. yeah, I mean, when you but think about it. When you're in the middle of something like we've been going through this 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 year, there's got to be those moments though where it's it's. How do you? Well, when 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 you're and don't let me put words in your mouth, but when you're terrified that the world around you is going to burn down. <laughs> you know, how do you how do you keep a focus on uh, on serving your community or you know something? I, I, you keep that's, staying that's, the course. You the, you stay true to what your plan is, and come hell or high water, you stick to it. You know, some days you're not going to have customers, weather, whatever. You stay resilient. And you stay true. That and you adapt and overcome. Yeah. You adapt and overcome. So you just change focus on some things. Uh, you can stay the course, but you have to adapt and overcome on things. I've mean, um, been listening to your podcast for, you know, weeks over weeks over weeks. Uh, it's just something I do. Um, well, thank you. you. <laughs> I, you've had, There's the listener. <laughs> <laughs> I'm number one. I, I, I listen to every... That's one of my one things I do. Uh, basically, on Monday mornings or Tuesday mornings, I put my headphones on and I mill in and listen to the podcast. It takes me about you know thirty to forty-five minutes, depending on what I'm milling in. That's what I do. That's what I listen to. And but you adapt and overcome, and you change roles. You find a way 
of having different revenue streams because of what's going on, uh, just like Madtree did, just like you know Sondra has done. It, everybody's changed some way. But from my side is to maintain that have the fluids, keep the quality of it, and just maintain we have enough because we've been flowing through more fluid in the crawler side or growler side than we routinely do in the wintertime or that March, April, May right. situation through pints. And that that is uh, slightly stressful for me. So It's good stress, right? It's great stress. <laughs> one, exactly. one, thing, uh, one thing about beer is that back in the day, my dad, my, my late father, he owned a drive-thru. And uh, he got into that business after getting out of what he was doing. And he, he really enjoyed it. He owned his own business and everything. He had drive-thru, you know what I mean? It's like a giant garage you drive through and they put beer in your car. Anyway, he told me one time, this is back in the early 90s, and it was kind of a recession then. He said, what he noticed is beer is kind of recession-proof. It, um, People might buy cheaper beer, but they're still buying beer. And I think beer, at the end of the day, is the great is a great unifier for people. Uh, kings and peasants alike drink beer. And I think if you have, even if things are bad, uh, doesn't matter what's going on, people are still going to drink beer. And I think I think places like this... And areas like this, with you know, you got uh, like this great thing going on in Hamilton with this, you know, the door and everything. You can walk around and have like a real community. People crave that, and that's what they want. No matter how bad things are, people are gonna, you know, what? Let's go get a beer and let's sit around and talk about our problems, or not talk about our problems, or just whatever. You know, pretend, pretend that it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, if you drink, <laughs> and if you drink enough beers, you kind of don't care anymore. People are hugging each other. Yeah, ripping masks man. off to kiss them. And then a week later, they're in a the hospital. But but it doesn't matter because you had a good beer. Uh, but but the damn I, brew club. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be, I, I didn't feel. Better if it wasn't I think uh, I think a beer more than anything brings people together because you don't go you don't go to cookout and drink water. Everyone's drinking uh, beer at no, cookout. Right. No, you know, one of the first times we sat and talked, I said that the United States was it was literally formed in beer halls. I mean, yeah. the, the Boston Tea Party was literally a bunch of guys oh. sitting around drinking beer. And I'd read that the Mayflower stopped because basically they'd run out of beer. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the second building that was built in yeah. the United States yeah. was a bar. The first the, one was a church. You know, and the I second love, one was a yeah, bar. and I love the fact that pub Fitting. is just short for public house. It's just where you go. It's just where you go. It's what people do. There's a, a really great book that I'm partway through reading that I wish I could remember the name of right now. It's something about the history of drinking. I, I'll... I'll put a link in the show notes, an Amazon link. So if you click on it, I'll get a little cut of it. But um, I think I have to say that there's some kind of rules or something that you're supposed to say. You're in a fill. I don't know. Um, but it's 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 really it's it's the entire history of drinking in the United States, starting from when the Pilgrims were landing and and Up kind of that story of, of of how they got to the last week. They <laughs> actually made that into a graphic novel because I have it at home. I, I know what you're talking about. I've yeah. seen that one too. Yeah. The entire history of beer in America. No, this is like this is the entire history of all drinking. Period. So you get what? rum and all kinds of fun. It's it's a really great book. I'll, like I said, I'll put a link in there. If I remember, now I have like two things I have to remember to put links to. I'll get this. I got this, guys. I, I remember how to podcast. I doubt um, it. Let's talk about. Um, I mean, we we can always run over to. It's advantage of the internet. We do what we want. But um, how? bad are things how bad were things and how bad are things going to get <laughs> um, okay. uh, alright 
I'll chime in on it. How bad are things? Things are not as bad as, at least here. For, for you guys, others. for you guys, and we'll talk so, about everybody else in a so second. <laughs> I sat on a Zoom meeting with uh, the Ohio Craft Brewers Association, which I'll be honest with you, they're they're fantastic because they they really have your back. They really do. Like there were some, the state came out with some things, and and we were reading it, and we're like, you know what, this is kind of ambiguous language. Can we do this or not? And you know, you call Mary up there, and and, and her and, and Justin are like, ah, we got this, and and they would give you direction. I mean, like like it's a it's a it's a brewing alliance. Um, you know, you got Colin and Jimmy, all these folks that are just really great people in the brewing industry, um, and they would help you out. So when I'm on this Zoom meeting with them, and I'm hearing how other breweries are doing, and they're you know letting go all of their employees except you know one, maybe two for handling carryout. Uh, I'm thankful for the city of Hamilton and the city of Hamilton leadership because of the fact that we've had Dora in place, this designated outdoor refreshment area, so you can grab a beer and walk around town. Now, when you quarantine people for a month and you've got an April day, you're coming out of winter and you finally hit that 72 degree mark and it's sunny and you've been locked up in your house... What do you want to do? <laughs> I will say, um, the first day that I came out and uh, and came to the tap room and got myself a Dora cup and went walking down a casual pint, um, it was freaking cold. <laughs> I mean, you, you were there that day. We I were. Was there. It was cold outside. <laughs> but what's funny is, and I still made it out, and I was still able to walk around <laughs> and get outside the house. It's so. almost in spite of winter. Like you get spiteful towards it. You're like, you know what? It's screw winter, screw spiteful, COVID. But it's, it's spiteful not of everything. It's spiteful of everything. Like right. I'm so sick of 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 winter keeping me inside the house. Right. I'm so sick of you know what the government telling me I can't do this. I'm I'm tired of COVID making everybody sick and telling me I can't do. It. I'm tired of exactly. I'm sorry. Uh, baby gnome I'm tired of tired of my kids telling me I can't get like, you know, like, I, I, you, it's spite and all of that stuff. bad I, dad I bad just, dad they don't know yet they don't even know. <laughs> actually my my older one my three year old we're going off topic but um, she does podcasts now she goes and she sits in the podcast studio and she pulls the microphone down and she starts talking and she tells me she's doing a podcast about spirit if anybody has kids it's a horse on Netflix she does spirit podcasts. <laughs> I don't think she actually understands that you're talking to people. She talks to the horse on the show. That's off topic, but it's it's like the spiteful. Like I'm just I'm sick of this, and I just want some ounce of normalcy. And the only normalcy that I know, maybe I'm weird, and maybe I live a different life than a lot of people. The only normalcy that I know and that I have is beer. Like it's the only thing that's always. Normal. I sit down and I have a beer. No matter what's going on around me, beer stays the same. So beer will always be the there same, for you. It is. Don't you worry. But that's but that's like a that's, divorce. That's, um, it's a bankruptcy. Addiction. Beer will always be there for you, buddy. Winning the lottery. No matter what, craft beer will always be there for you. Well, then. It's, it's like it's you can you can make a like a like a funny joke out of that that the, the beer is always there for, but like it really is in in my life like it's like this the central focus of when you're happy you have a beer 
when you're sad, you have a beer. When you when you when you don't feel good, you have a beer. <laughs> you we, do feel good. Honestly, like we had a couple of people during COVID when they realized that. Uh, so, you know, we we're doing the. Uh, you can't come in and dine, but you can go outside. And when they realized we were still open, when they came in and got a beer, I'm not lying. A couple of people had tears in their uh, eyes uh, after uh, about yeah. three weeks. They were looking for normalcy. They were looking for something regular in their lives. And you know what? We provided that. It's really hard for me right now to to walk into a tap room or to walk in here tonight and to not like want to run up and hug people. And like, it's really difficult for me. So that was that Sunday, right? So that Sunday was the 15th, right? Yes. When Dwayne shut us all down. Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day, we had a huge party planned to be here. Yeah. Uh, we had the fire department going to be here at 7 a.m. We had a, this huge event going to be planned out. We were going to be tapping and pouring all of my Irish out. We co-planned. Co-planned, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it was going to be across. I think we were thinking about closing the, 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 the road like we have right now. We had the road of, shut down, right, and... Um, we were going to provide uh, pint glasses. You guys yep. were going to provide the koozies, but it was going to be a block party. Yeah, it was going to be a block party for the whole day. Uh, yeah, and that... Gone. Sh- gone. Yeah. Shut down. Done. It's not... So, look at some of the bars around town that, like, that's their life, though, too. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day is their day. Look at Paps. Paps down in... Uh, uh, is it Oakley or... It's Oakley. Oakley. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where I used to go all the time in the, in the morning time. But for what hit me so hard about the shutdown is having to tell an individual that there's, I don't want to let you go, but have to look them in the eye and say, hey, I got nothing for you right now. Right. And then it, we turn into a, a new startup. Welcome to Hamilton, the Sirens. <laughs> um, good cue. Um, it's called job security from my side, other things. Um, but then, what other hit me really hard is not being able to watch, I said it earlier, not being able to watch individuals solve the world's problems it, over my beer. It takes one of those it, big aspects of why it, you do this away from you. It, and it truly, that's one of little bit some of my breaking points of this whole COVID situation was not having that that enjoyment of watching people right. drink our beer. You should have let me know. Absolutely. I would have FaceTimed you and you could have watched me drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go, no, it's fine. Go ahead. So, a uh, good friend of mine, Paul, owns Molly Malone's down in Covington. Oh, God, he makes his entire people. year's rent. On St. Patrick's Day, yeah, and I, I reached out to him about a week after, and he's like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do," because you know the other Molly Malones that he opened up caught fire and everything, right. and he was like, "He literally, I make my entire year's rent on one day, and it was gone," and I felt for him. It's amazing what beer does for people, and it was but, in but one then, day gone. But then having the lines out the door yeah just to have the crowlers and thank god for casual pine for you know, stepping up and letting us like you know uh, helping us out a little bit about crowlers and but just had that ability yeah. to have the lines out the door of those crowlers 
Uh, yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day in September. I mean, well, do it. Why not? Yeah, City's like, we're doing it now. Get together with everybody. I'm good with that. Like, this, is, this is what it is September now. September 17th. Um, so I, I think we, we covered how bad it is, how bad it was. How bad does it get? Because I don't think we're done. No, we're not. And, and so here's the kicker. You know, we're, we're talking about how... You know, everything, the crap hit the fan at one time. And all of a sudden, on a dime, everybody had to change. And you had to change where you were getting your revenue. You had to change how you were getting your revenue. You had to change where you did your podcast. Exactly. I understand. (laughs) You're in your basement now, and you're trying to push away your kids doing, like, pony broadcasts. I mean, you're going to get, like, the, the... uh, you'll get in trouble with that. It's, he's not a pony. He is a horse. Oh, They're horse, a different whatever. thing. Oh, that's right. I thought it was like My Little Pony. Are you a jabroni? Or is that, uh, no, I'm jabroni. not a jabroni. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I think he is. But, I mean, that's the crazy stuff that happened. Like, on the... like. So, here's... I'm not going to put anything out there that we're not ready to put out there. Right. But we are... In 2019, Municipal Brew Horks hit maximum capacity. Right. We did 1,300 barrels, and I will guarantee you, if you talk to any brewer in the Ohio Craft Brewers Association, and you have him walk through our place, and you tell him or her to do 1,300 barrels like Sean did, they will laugh at you and say, you guys are freaking crazy. Right. But for some way, we did 1,300 barrels, and we were at max capacity, but yet we still had a demand that needed to be met. So, prior to this COVID thing, we had everything set up to do a contract brew and to do a massive amount to allow our beer. Going back before that, yes. going back to before that, mm-hmm. the, and the articles were written, mm-hmm. um, not by me because it wasn't real yet. Um, you guys, you guys were in the hunt for a production facility. Yes. Uh, so I got to thank Sean. Because he talked me out of it. So when we first started in our dating phase, uh, I wanted to do only like a five-barrel, ten-barrel system. He's like, no, we got to do 15 with 30-barrel fermenters. And I'm like, that's too much. Wait, were you and Sean dating? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're in business, yeah. you. I I wanted to make whatever the dating phase. Okay, it was you and Sean dating. And you know what? I said, you know what? I'm going to listen to him. It was against my gut feeling, but I'm going to listen to him. And it was for the best. So last summer, when I started plotting numbers, saying, we're going to run out of beer. Fine. I, I won't build a production facility, but... <laughs> yeah, right. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know, we were at a point at Municipal Brew Works where in the 90 percentile of every drop we made was already sold before it was made. And that's an incredible, you know, for us, it was an incredible feeling. Um, but... If you continue on that trend, and now COVID's not happening, but if you continue on that trend, we run out of beer. It also inhibits some kind of uh, creative flow and uh, some of the, the looseness that I think sometimes people like about craft breweries, too. Right. I mean, when, when you have four 30-barrel fermenters in a 30-barrel bray tank, and four of the five are filled with one beer because it's moving so fast out the door and in distribution... You have limited your creativity to the point where you now are no longer a fun place to be. Um, so I wanted to expand. I was ready to put out, you know, 
multi, you know, two and a half, three million dollars in some sort of expansion. And, t- and Sean's like, nope, 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 dragging his feet. And of course, like <laughs> brothers, we were beating the crap out of each other. And we literally sat up there and, and I'm yelling at him and we're cutting each other off, yelling at each other like, what are we going to do with this? And uh, but we found a method. Sounds just like my house. We need another beer fridge. No, we don't. Exactly. Yes, we do. <laughs> change. Had that conversation before too. <laughs> but you get change the fucking diaper. Hey, was that beer you guys were talking about approachable blonde? <laughs> uh, maybe. And, and well, and oh, orange, maybe. And, and orange agave too. So it's, yeah. it's blonde and agave. And honestly, that's almost about sixty percent of the beers that we go for. Uh, so now we're we know that we're going to reach an end of the road to be able to to produce it in under our house but we also still want to expand and we want to meet the demand um and so we we found a method and we got through it and you know now at the end of the month you should be able to see approachable blonde and orange agave out at kroger meyer you know are we wherever. talking details about that arrangement at all? Because it does kind of play into the bigger picture of what's happening locally. It does a little bit. Look, I don't have a problem with it. I can tell you this: we, you're you're making it locally. Can we say that? Yes, we're making it locally. I will say that. And and the with thing people is, that you trust and people that you love and uh-oh. people that we're making you, it locally. I have a lot of control over it. I'm going to be dealing with it a lot. It is just unfortunately just not. I don't have the size and capacity right. here, but I have full control. But, but you are yes, making it with people that you, uh, yes, the, the, absolutely, the, the real yeah. people that everybody, yes, real people, real people that I, all of us love, and <laughs> as opposed to the fake people. <laughs> no, but like there is a there is a thing about that of like um, contract brewing, and, and I don't know that it's the same as it used to be. The the word contract brewing, and you say you're contracting, it seems like you are. Um, just writing on a piece of paper, make beer light, tasty, and okay, you send so it off to some big factory in some kind of state, and and they they send you back some kind of truckload of beer, and that's not what this is. No, no. it's not. And 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 so perfect example of this, and I'm so glad they're in Ohio, uh, is Toppling Goliath, right? Toppling Goliath made pseudo sue forever, and it was a commodity. I mean, if you could somehow get your hands on that you would knock people down to get it. They could not meet the demand. And all of a sudden they contract brew with a place out in Lakeland, Florida. It wasn't even local. It was Lakeland, Florida. So when you look at the can it's got Lakeland, Florida on it. Um, and But yet they go down there and they do the quality control and all of a sudden and now you've created the ability to meet the demand while not putting so much stress on your tap room and then what do they do with it? Okay, they come out with Pompeii. They come out with all these other different beers because right. now every tank doesn't have to be filled with their flagship. Right. So what you're saying is... I have Pompeii on tap right now, actually. <laughs> we'll, we'll, be able to see, we'll be able to see your beer more. We'll be able to see it in packaging, I'm assuming. And we'll be able to see some... Some some space here and some room here and some other things here. Correct. You're not filling the tanks with seltzer, right? <laughs> Please tell me you're not filling the tanks with seltzer. What was that? Saki? 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 Their Saki. seltzer Did is you, amazing. Are you building a Saki room in there with a, in the little the, the vault? So with we're a, we're working on a lot of different things going on right now. But um, again, going back to the the contract situation, um, 
I hate to say contract, but it is what it is. Um, but they are, it is local. I do have full control of quality control, and I am there during the brewing process and doing a lot of the cellaring. So it's not just, you know, hey, write right. that up and go. So you'll be seeing it at Jungle Gyms. You're going to be seeing it, hopefully, at your, your local Kroger's and Myers and that kind of thing. So we're, we're going to do it. We're, we're trying to do it correctly. Um, so we're going to start off with our blonde and orange agave. Um, uh, but I'm going to cut in here because yeah, it's the blonde and the orange agave. But then the other thing is that allows our tanks to be open. So now we can do stuff under our own roof for that third, fourth, that seasonal, that IPA, that whatever we want to do, it allows us the ability to do what we want to do yet partner with a great partner that's local and we you know it's just one of those things that it it works it makes sense it it empties tanks that need emptied it fills tanks that need filled and it, like it's when um and this was going back in the before time um, when Urban Artifact decided to uh, to go contract with their, their, their kind of core stuff, which they've backed off of now, but um, they were really, really open about their reasons for it instead of adding a bunch of new, big, expensive tanks into their brewery. And, you know, it, it, the way that, that, you know, Brett can be a little abrasive sometimes, but the way that he talked about it changed the way I think a lot of people were thinking about contract brewing in Cincinnati. People started to jump on him, and he's like, look, you know, we can put a bunch of money into this, and who knows what's going to happen in six months, and what that would mean for us as a brewery. So, so this lo is, and behold... So this <laughs> is, yeah, forgive me. Is contract uh, brewing the same as gypsy brewing? No. No, no absolutely no, no. not. Absolutely contract not. brewing, you are... You are taking a, a a brewery, whether that's what they're designed for or not, and you're saying, um, "Here's what we need made. You make it for us. You fill the tanks and, and step so in." So basically, what we're doing is renting the brewery for ourselves. That's a that's a, that's that's a, a better that's way to put it. That's for ourselves, and we are basically renting a tank, and we're there brewing the beer. They understand what the beer is, and ha so I scale the the beer up. They know their efficiencies and the utilization of that kettle system. I don't, but I'm working with them to make that happen. So, basically, instead of me building my own facility, I'm basically renting a facility right. and having their expertise of how that facility runs. Okay. I didn't want to step on any toes. I just didn't know the difference between the, So, that allows me to have a production facility without... Buying of a production facility. Gypsy okay. winning versus buying. Gypsy brewing, you basically just don't have a space at all, and you just kind of float right. around so now, and this brew is going to allow places. me. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 this is going to allow me to do now exper experimentals. Now I, I get to finally get to play a little bit more than I have been here in my facility. That's awesome. It's it is a good thing, and I you know. It, it, I think the the, 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 the shit stirring kind of started with contract brewing um, with Sam Adams. I did not mean to cause a, Sam, a, no, 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 an no, argument. No, no, no. no, no. It, it's, you know, back in the, the, the late 80s, 90s, Sam Adams was 
contract brewing, and that's all they were doing. And yeah. craft beer didn't like it because you're a craft brewer, you're supposed to make your own beer. Absolutely. And they didn't have, they were basically, I mean, I guess they were a gypsy brewer and they didn't know it. <laughs> Right, kind of were, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, they were. yeah. And, and until they they bought the beautiful brewery in Cincinnati, they no, no, no. You, the you, thing is this, no, look, no, no. You, let's look at it like this: the the equipment is. There's the all equipment. these little like whispery conversations happening the, too. The, <laughs> the equipment is the equipment. Your, whisper on mic. Whisper on mic. Pay attention <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> but it, it comes down to look: the equipment is the equipment, and your yeast and your recipe is your yeast and your recipe. And Sorry. eventually, <laughs> if you are doing well, you're going to reach a cap. And what are you going to do when you hit it? What are you going to do? Are you going to invest two and a half, three million dollars, five, seven million dollars into a massive production facility? Or are you, and especially in I a market? I don't think anybody cares about contract brewing. No, they I don't. don't think anybody cares. They shouldn't. And the thing is, they shouldn't because I've had wonderful beers. I, and, well, right now I have a pseudo sue in my fridge at home that was not brewed. I wasn't that impressed with pseudo sue. It's, 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 it's a it's a cloudy zombie dust. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> it's an all citra. You know, I mean, it's, it's, we'll talk it's about good. Three Floyds later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can start a whole conversation but, there. What and, the hell but, is going on with Three Floyds? <laughs> but okay, yeah. that that is okay. That's a total other <laughs> podcast there. But good job, but, Jim. <laughs> didn't mean to open that can of worms. Holy crap! But no, it's it's. I don't have a problem with it. And honestly, we were at a point where, uh, you know, those were our two options. You're going you're gonna to invest a crap ton of money and pray that COVID doesn't happen. Although, when we were going to do it, it was last summer. So we had no clue COVID was going to happen. Uh, but all of a sudden, something like that happens where your distribution channel is cut to zero. Right. When your distro channel is cut to zero, the only thing you're selling is in your tap room. And what I find interesting is 100 years ago, we had prohibition. Now we're essential. So because we were essential and we got to stay open that whole time, we and we're in a Dora district. Thank you, City of Hamilton, because mm-hmm. honestly, without Dora, I, I, you know, we only laid off one person, and that was because of Dora. Uh, we laid off one person in production, and that was because bars and restaurants stopped buying. Uh, but our bar, our entire bar staff stayed employed during the entire COVID situation, and are still employed. Um, and it's because of Dora. People would come in, they would buy, and then also. The other thing, and I know you're going to love this because we added seltzers. From, mm. from, <laughs> I, Refreshing. A sarcastic. Mm. But anyway. So you love those, right? So here's, so here's let, so, me, let me make a, a seltzer statement here, okay? If uh, anybody has been uh, watching on um, Instagram, I think is where I've been talking about it mostly. My wife sure. is in this weird seltzer phase right now. I hate that seltzer exists. I hate what it is. <laughs> But I'll be damned if it isn't tasty <laughs> when, it, so, when it's when it's really cold and like it's hot. Like it, so whatever. I, I, the, you're you're gonna find myself and Sean here are both in the same boat. We don't necessarily support seltzers. However, me too. However, we opened up a, an establishment that services the public, and from day one. We have had people I can't say, do, "I can't do it. I can't. I can't let you start defending it without arguing." I will because to what, it. to what to what? Where is the line, though? 
Where's so if line? if all of your public starts walking in here and wants shitty light macro beer, now that's who you are. If all they want is seltzer, now that's who you are. All right, I'm going to defend this. Part of what craft beer is 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 putting putting a product out there Ooh. that you make that you say is good. Ooh, this is fun. And then getting people <laughs> to buy into it. All right, we're going to debate on this. This is going to be fun. This is, we're we're okay. already over Here time. we go. So this is going to be fun, and here's why. Guess what happened on day one when he opened our doors four years ago? We had folks saying, what do you have that is gluten-free? Right. Right. I'm gluten intolerant. Sure. I, I have celiac disease. I want. Sure. What do you have? What do you have? That really uh, great tap water for you. The best tap water in the country. And we do in the world. <laughs> Berkeley gluten Springs free. Our Hamilton tap water. Berkeley Springs World Water Competition. Gold medal winner yeah. twice. We have the best tap water in the entire relevant. world. Uh, but what are you going to do? You. You're limited when you have a brewer's license. I can't make cider because that's a winery license. That's fermented fruit. Uh, I can't make wine, obviously. Um, can make sake. Same thing. Just saying. <laughs> what the I don't, hell? Is it gluten-free? I don't, not, I don't know about what, it. What is it fermentation of sake? It's the same as beer. It's, it's, it's fermented rice, right? Yeah, you just uh, you have to like so add it's some grain. kind of... you got to add mold in there, too. Like the, the koji oh, is mold. let's use mold. Yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> you got to have a separate little room, and you can't wear clothes yeah, or no something, thanks. and you have to like... Move air. I don't naked know, man. Mold. I, I, yeah, it's awesome. naked, naked yeah. mold. I'm, I'm going to pass on that. But anyway, <laughs> Which is a perfect so name for the sake if we make naked a, mold. If we make a sake, we're going to call it naked mold. I guarantee you. Just like our, a, going viral? Going viral is the name of our seltzer. Probably is that wrong? Is that, is that bad taste? I, no. No, it's... Because it's, it's gone viral around here. But it, it's... it's in, in two and a half weeks, it became our number two seller in an entire month. Maybe, and maybe that's what bothers me so much is that it is so freaking popular. Maybe that's what I don't know. I, I, look, I'm not. Look, I make it. If it you, took me six, um, six I'm, months. I'm, it honestly, you, it took it me. Took you it took me six, six months of truly hard trying to figure out how to do this. It's probably taken me about a year to actually get it because it was under. So under development on that. Here's here's the the, the 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 fucked up part to all of this. I love it. If you pay a little extra money, get your A one A, you put Bud Light on tap. Guess what your number one seller is? Bud Light. Yeah, that's not going to happen though, because we first off we can't. So we can't do food. But let's. But I see your point, and here's where we're going to get a debate. Um, God, I love this. Food. You can put pretzels behind the bar. You can, oh, you can do food. You, you, where are you going to put pretzels Pop in Pop-tarts. Place? Pop-tarts on a microwave and you've got food. No. No. That, no trust me. Locally, we would get skewered. We could not do that. But it, not, You get Bud Light on top, but they don't care. Yeah, but I get, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not getting God, Bud Light on top. But here's the thing. So, And here's where we get, we get into our fun debate. Um, so since day one, four years ago, we have folks coming in saying, I need something that is gluten-free. Sure. Or we have people that come in and say, you know what? I've got a group of six. Five of us drink beer. One of us is doesn't like the taste of beer. What are you going to do? And we're like, all right, what do you? Ha- what options do you have? We're not going to get a winery license to do cider. Because so. that, in- that, that, in- that encompasses an entire deal. But when you can take corn sugar... And you can ferment it. And honestly, 
add real ingredients. Like we don't screw around and we don't add extracts and make it so crystal clear and so dry and blah, blah, blah. Right. That it, it's, you know, we're not White Claw. We will take, we flavor our seltzers as they are poured with natural puree. One pump of puree, fill it. It used to be that when a group of six walked into a tap room and one of them... Sounds like they a all, joke. They, they lined up at the bar. You know, <laughs> so it's, rabbi. It's, it's a nice calm night and your bartender has time to... to, to, to to do this, but they all sit at the bar. All six of them line up, and five of them are like, "Oh, we lo- we all love beer. We, I'll take this, and I'll take that." And they all get their beers, and then that number. I don't really like beer. That was when it got fun. It got fun. That was when yes. it got. It wasn't like, "Oh yeah, we've got Challenge a seltzer. Here it is. Accepted. Here's your seltzer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna walk down here, and I'm gonna tend to the next person." Do you like coffee? Because we have but true West coffee porter. Do you like fruit? We've got does, orange agave blonde. Does that conversation still happen? Absolutely. Or if somebody walks in and says, I don't really like beer. Do you guys have seltzer? And they just... it. I want that conversation. I want... So, I want so, it, like, have you tried so the I. Uh, orange agave? Have oh, yeah. You, have we, you tried, like, I want that to still happen. It when, still does. It still does. Uh, it really it does. It does happen all the time. I, I've sat back and listened to... Are beer tenders? Beer tenders. Yeah, beer tenders. Yeah, they're Cicerone certified beer servers. Everyone that works here has to be in the Cicerone program. And everybody goes in and like, hey, what do you like? Well, so what are you in the mood for? I mean, what, what, what are you looking for? And Our guys are really good about steering the people in the right direction. I just fear somebody can walk in the door, see that you have seltzer, and just ignore the fact that it's, it's a brewery. Make beer. Okay, so, and this is where I'm going to be in a jackass real fast. (laughs) Here it comes. Katie, bar the door. (laughs) Uh, I'm not looking for that individual. I'm just trying to sell that individual a beer. I'm I'm looking for revenue. I'm I'm trying to make up for the, the months that we got shut down. That's true. Okay? But if you're here to have a good beer, we have good beer well, let's 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 also let's also focus on our number two goal. We don't. Our, our we number, don't. Our number two goal was to establish community roots. That's not a community of just beer drinkers. When we say we're going to establish community roots, we want to establish community roots to everyone. Yeah, see, I want to fuck with people. I want I want a wine drinker to walk into a brewery, get confused, and be like, "You guys don't have wine?" And say, "No, we don't." Have that. But, happen. but try this beer and and i want that i want somebody to walk in like i only drink white claw and and then i didn't mean that a southern twang i'm sorry i would say i would no laws but but i I want somebody to walk in and say that and then be like okay now now we've got that starting point and let's go from there like i don't want it to i don't want people to walk in and just be like well you're looking here's your thing if somebody walks in and says they want bud light i want I, I want you to be like, you all right. Then, to, you get, you get a, I'm sorry, a 15 to 1 chance. we got 15 beers, we got one seltzer. Sure, sure, sure. I so, think there are people, though, that walk in and say they only like Bud Light, but then they'll have something like Approachable Blonde. They go, this is sure. pretty damn good. But also, I was going to say, if you're com- coming in only for seltzers, you probably don't like beer anyways. But these guys are great about recommending stuff, give it a sample, try this, what do you think? And I, I think a lot of people get converted a little bit, you know, uh, it happens. Our staff, I'm telling you, our staff They're very is, knowledgeable. is flat out amazing. But honestly, we require them to be. Can you, we require their knowledge. Can you make a rule that if you come in and just order a seltzer, you have to try, like, 
two other beers like, in order to <laughs> you get, get no yourself taste of seltzer. You have to try have this. Oh, we're going to name this the gnome Think roll. about it for three minutes, and then you can order your seltzer. <laughs> no, I, and here's the thing. You know, our seltzer, we're, we're not looking to take over the world with it. What we're mm-hmm. looking for is we're looking for an option for the community that comes in that is not willing to have a beer or can't or is not able to have a beer physically. Right. right. So uh, if, if you're really going to tie your roots and tie one of your three main goals of a company to establishing strong community roots, it's not just some of the community. It's got to be all. And one, of those, one of those other things is education, though. Exactly. Well, exactly. So the education ties into that as well. So if someone comes in and they say, look, I don't like beer, but... Yeah, Sean I, twitches I, right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, believe me, I, you know, the fact that Sean even spent, you know, four to six months <laughs> establishing a seltzer to the point where it's actually something that has now become one of our top sellers, which that just blows my mind. But uh, the fact that he has put that much time into it throws just really throws me because if you have ever met a curmudgeon when it comes to brewing, an old school Muppets, Waldorf and Stadler in the in the queue just making fun of all the milkshake IPAs, hey, why you brew a real beer? It's him. Yeah, like he's absolutely. like he's like Give me a damn, you know, Pilsner, make it a check, Pilsner. You know, he, you know, it's him. He is a traditional to the bone brewer, and or brewer, and you know, to to have someone like that actually bend to the will of <laughs> honestly our company perspective, which is establish strong community roots. We're making great beer. We've got ten different state. National, international medals on four, uh, I'm sorry, 14 medals on 10 beers. So we're making really good quality to style beers. But the next step, establishing strong community roots. How do you do that with someone that is suffers from celiac disease? Right. And and you do that by offering them something that so, they can go to. And it was, the, the biggest point was, I'm not trying to be sexist here at all, here comes a sexist comment. This is a disclosure. Not disclosure. trying to be sexist. Not trying to be but. sexist. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm not trying to be racist, but because I'm not trying to be this. But. The guy comes, comes up. I want. He's going to have a beer. The wife doesn't like beer at all. Wants something we can't give him. We can't give him wine. We can't give him uh, cider. cider yeah. And they have one and done. Sure. I'm offended. <laughs> Thanks. Shut so up. I needed Drink to figure out beer. what I can do within our license to allow whoever who to likes beer. Experience. I get it. I get it. I, 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 so I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I don't, seltzer. Use your words. I can't because it just irritates me sometimes. As long as you get angry that you have to do it and you <laughs> kick the tank every time you fill it, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> you should see me when I'm doing this. <laughs> you should see my staff when I'm doing this. Let's, what are you doing? Let's let's, let's let's shift from the seltzer. Let's let's start wrapping <laughs> things up because. What a fun night, look, though. Uh, yeah. We're still under the tree. The sun is setting behind us. We're on the Great Miami River. 
you know, this I mean, has been amazing. This I appreciate this. It's 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 what a great night. Situations are what everything is. It's, it's all built off of these situations and these 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 pieces of time that you can capture, and can that beer? then beer can <laughs> revive later. Like you, the next time I drink a stout or a, a scout, a Guess what? It's going to make me think you're, of. You're going to think of sitting under a big elm tree. It's going to make me think of seltzers. I was going to make me think of. So, shifting gears from seltzer. Sean, I think, just flipped you off. I, sure. I think he might have. It was a, uh, definitely a mental flip off. It was off a fungu. Um, yeah. uh, bigger picture, the community, Cincinnati. Are, are we okay through all of this? Do we recover? Or are we still about to see all hell break loose? I, I, go ahead. I honestly think we're going to be okay. I truly think the 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 greater Cincinnati area is going to. Now that I think about the situation down, down as usual. So so here's what's fun about Sean and I. We're usually on opposite sides of the fence. I'm going to say we are in the start of a total shit show, and here's why. Um, and, and just even looking at us, uh, if you're a brewery in Ohio right now in the summer, you better make <laughs> your hay. You better do it now. Because if you're an A1, uh, an A1C, A1C, which we are, and you've got no food, well, even if you're an A1A, your taproom capacity just got cut in half. So you may have had 50, 60 people in your taproom in November on the night before Thanksgiving. Right. And that's going to be a night that sets you up for revenue-wise for December. That's not going to happen because when cold and flu season hits in October and November, we're, there's a really good chance we're going to see a spike of COVID-19 again. And when that happens, guess what happens? The state's going to put restrictions on on capacity. And I disagree on this uh, because I don't think the state's going to shut us down think, anymore. I don't think they and can. I don't think they can. It's not a shutdown. Uh, it's going to be a restriction because we have the restriction now. We I think we're going to maintain the restrictions that we have right now. But I think the, the community is going to. It is awful. It is awful. Don't don't get me wrong. But I think the community in general is literally going to stand in arms together to keep all of us all up and going. I will tell you this. With our business model, so if anybody's ever not been to Municipal Brew Works, we're in a 1933 city building. Um, it was part of the FDR New Deal project. We took over the fire department section of the city building. Police, fire, all the city government, everything was in this building. Tall ceilings. But think about how big a ladder truck is and how big a pumper truck is, right? So our tap room and then trying to fit a 15-barrel brew house and four 30-barrel fermenters and a 30-barrel bright tank in that position. Our tap room is probably, what, 900 Ish. square feet? Ish. Somewhere yeah. around there. We have, I, I know this, our certificate of occupancy said 99 people with the doors <laughs> closed. It's like 
Um, not to draw the comparison because I'll get emails about it, but like Blank Slate, where they opened this uh, production facility and then yep. later said, we need to fit a tap room in here. Right. And they did. Yep. It's like what you guys did knowing that you should have had a tap knowing room. Knowing that we should have had a tap room. <laughs> right. But knowing that we should have had a tap room, what we did was we created this patio. Right. That you know, And this patio has been literally our lifesaver. And the fact that the city approved Dora... Uh, you know, has, has literally been a lifesaver. I cannot tip my hat to the city of Hamilton more than the way they have worked with us. But so let's fast forward into winter. Dora is really not important because nobody wants to walk around when right. it's 10 degrees outside. I will if I need to. For a beer, I will. Yeah, I will. Not, not as many people are dedicated as us. Yeah, like there's four of us. But our, our massive garage doors where the fire trucks used to pull in are going to be closed, which means now our capacity is 99, which according to spacing, now it's going to be 50. Even if you have, you can't fit 50 people in our place and have spacing. You can't. You're going to be 20. Yeah. So if you're going to be 20 with proper spacing, how in the holy heck are you going to create the revenue that you did when you were 99? Right. With no restrictions. We would never get to 99, but we might get to 70 on a Singo night or something like that. We, we have people that love playing Singo, and we've had to drop that. But it, it, so the, my concern is not only for us, but for other breweries. Um, make your hay in the summer. Make your hay when you can. And, and if that means delivery, delivery. And- do it. Anything that you're allowed to do to do make it. money, do it. Because do it. you are not. You are going to see a severe restriction of revenue coming in come September, October, November. And if flu season hits and we have another restriction coming, Katie bar the door. Yeah. Um, I was trying to do the positive side of things. Yeah. Well, I, I, apparently, usually, usually, usually I'm the doom and gloom guy. Yeah. But he's doom and gloom. I'm usually the nobody positive guy. knows what it's going to look like, and um, and it, we're not out of the weeds, and we might be heading into bigger weeds, and we just don't know. Now, here's my positive note. Can you think about summer 2021 <laughs> when there's a vaccine? When people are, that have already if had it, there's a vaccine. There will be. All the conspiracy theorists and Bill Gates will make sure of it. But <laughs> there, there will be something out there that will. Because here's the thing about the American culture: it's all about perseverance. The the, the red-blooded American is all about perseverance from the beginning of time. It's still there today. And no one is going to tell an American what they can and cannot do, period. <laughs> Whether it's even wear a mask, for God's sakes. There's people debating that. But the bottom line is, this too shall pass. And when it does, holy cow, we are going to embrace, we are going to lock arms, we're going to hug, we're going to, guess what? Tap a beer, have a beer, raise it. Because beer is recession-proof. It is all about community. It is all about the people. And when that happens, when we all get through this, if you somehow weathered this storm, we're not all on the same boat, but we're all weathering the same storm. And when you get through it, that's going to rock. Absolutely. Even in the the interim, it's... We'll find those moments to make this rock. (laughs) Hey, we're sitting under an elm tree with the sun setting at our back, sitting by the great Miami River, and we're having beers. 
I'm I'm fine with that. This is this is if what this it's is about. The worst this is it what gets, it's about. If this is the worst it gets, I'm cool with that. I, I recognize that not all of our breweries have it like this though. No, they don't. That's and I and I tip my hat to them. And, and honestly, <laughs> I, I say a prayer for them because you know it, it's we don't do well unless we all do well. Right. Right. Links will be in the show notes for all of the things we talked about that I said were going to be in the show notes. Holy horse we did a lot. <laughs> what was that, like uh-huh. three hours? <laughs> um, get out there and support your local tap room. Absolutely. Uh, if you need to have a beer, which you need to have a beer, get out to Municipal, get out to Casual Pint Hamilton. If you just want to make your own beer, Butler County Brewing Society, uh, we'll have the, uh, the links in the show notes, like I said, and... Um, we will get through this, I promise. We're, we're close. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft.